0: Following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Last week was uh, Trinity Sunday, and I found myself faced with the dilemma as I prepared my sermon. How can I dedicate a sermon to this uh, complicated and abstract theological idea when so much is going on in the world? protests and rallies proclaiming that Black Lives Matter after more violence reminded us that apparently that still needs to be said again and again and again. Uh, The continuing public health threat that we're facing with the COVID-19 pandemic. To say nothing of the political chaos that swirls around both of those ideas and almost everything else in our world. But what I found was that the idea of God as Trinity, in other words, the idea that God is both three and one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that idea actually had a great deal to say to us about the troubles that we were experiencing and are experiencing. Because, as I said last week, if Trinity is true, then the Son cannot be separate from the Father on the cross. And any conception of salvation that requires that view must be reevaluated, in part because the fruit of that view of atonement is that we regard harsh punishment, justice that is retributive rather than restorative, as somehow inherently divine in keeping with the character of God. And that's part of our problem in our country right now. Anyway... Last week was one of those rare sermons where I will actually plug the podcast and encourage you, if you missed it, to go back and listen to it um, or watch the archive on our Facebook page. Maybe even share that with a friend Um, that felt to me to be uh, an important message for uh, us to hear and to internalize. And I got thinking this week as I was planning out the rest of the month of June that there's actually a lot more that I could say and want to say about the Trinity. A lot more statements, in other words, that begin with that phrase, if Trinity is true. And so what I decided was that we're going to spend four Sundays in total talking about what good Trinitarian theology has to say to us in our day. And I will continue to try to keep the promise that I made last week, which is that I'm not going to talk about this like it's Um, a thesis uh, for some seminary degree, right? Um, I'm hoping that this will come down uh, out of that ivory tower into um, concepts and words that we can all understand and apply uh, to our world and to the way we view it. And so today I'd like to reflect on that lovely passage from Philippians 2 that was read a few minutes ago. Now, if that passage seemed especially poetic and lyrical, uh, that's because verses 6 through 11 of Philippians 2 are almost certainly an early Christian hymn, a song that they would have sung when they were gathered together to worship. In other words, um, the author of that letter, the Apostle Paul, inserted this piece of prior art into the letter that he was writing. He quoted this song that his readers probably already knew in order to make his point with them. So anyway, I want to zero in on the first couple of lines from that song. The lines that say, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And I especially want to zero in on one key word here, and the word is emptied. Paul says that Jesus, though he had all the power of the God of the universe, did not save the world by exercising that power. Rather, he saved the world by humbling himself, by dying, by emptying himself. And for Paul, that is not just an inspirational idea. It's not something he's going to embroider on a doily or spray paint on a brick wall. For Paul, that is uh, the mindset for an entire religion. He says right before this part, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Now, of course, I agree with this, this, this concept of selflessness, of sacrificial love, of laying down your life for others, even your enemies. These are the marks of the followers of the way. This is what identifies Christian behavior. And we should all aspire to have our minds renewed and transformed into that shape. But the thing is, you don't need a Trinity for that. So now we get to the part where I say, if Trinity is true. Because many Christian people, if not most Christian people, probably read that verse in Philippians chapter 2 that says, Jesus emptied himself and became human. And they think two things. First, that somehow Jesus ceased to be God And second, that humanness, being human, is some kind of inherently low state. But here here it comes. Here comes the catchphrase. If Trinity is true, then neither of those other things can be true. Let's take the second statement first because I can say it fairly quickly uh, and I want to focus a little more on the first part. But if Trinity is true, then all the fullness of God dwelled in Jesus, the human. Paul says those very words somewhere else. And so because of that, you can never say that any human being is anything less than a vessel that is capable of containing God's being.
1: And that means you you ought to have a very high view
0: of what it means to be human. And that goes For you, yourself, goes for me. It goes for the best person you know. And as much as you and I might not like it, it goes for the worst people we know as well. That is the high calling of being human. But let's talk about that first idea that I mentioned. The idea that in emptying himself, Jesus must have ceased to be God or become less God in some way or another. Because if Trinity is true, this emptying is not something that was temporary. Let me say that again. If Trinity is true, this emptying of himself is not something that was temporary and only happened during the incarnation. Because you can't split this eternal threeness and oneness Uh, you can't split up this divine dance, this beautiful song that God is. The Father and the Son and the Spirit are always one. And so the character of the incarnate Jesus, that's a fancy way of saying the character of the, the God having taken on a body, that character, especially shown at the moment of the cross, must always have been the character of the eternal God. So, in fact, Jesus' emptying of himself must be revealing for us the actual truth about who God is, who God always has been, and who God always will be. And that, my friends, is gospel. That is very good news. Uh, Brad Jersack says it this way. What if Jesus's humility, meekness, and servant heart were never a departure from God's glory and power, but actually define it and demonstrate it? What if self-emptying power, self-giving love, and radical servanthood express the very nature of god what if god does rule and reign not through imperial power but through emptying love
1: does that change the way you think about god and and if it does shouldn't
0: that also change the way you think about the world The good news is that God is always emptying, but that God is
1: never empty. God's
0: nature is one of constant pouring out of the self. There are beautiful conceptions of this that probably are too complicated for me to try to convey in a quick sermon that you can listen to and watch over Zoom or Facebook. But the idea that at creation, the, the triune God is pouring God's self out, breathing life into all life. is quite a remarkable idea that the act of creation itself is an act of God emptying. And yet, at the end of the creation stories, the creator is not empty. God continued to walk with the people that God had made these divine image bearers. At the incarnation, the embodiment of God, the triune God took on a body in the person of Jesus, who then emptied himself, lowered himself, and poured out his life and his blood on the cross. And yet, God was not empty. Only the tomb ended up being empty as the sun rose up having emptied out hell and conquered death at pentecost the spirit was poured out unto all flesh unto all bodies this time it wasn't just the one body the body of jesus that was filled with god's spirit but all of those bodies and yet god was still not empty as the Spirit continued to be poured out in new places and in new ways and onto new people. The Holy Spirit went on to be given to all kinds of people who never people would never have expected the Spirit to be given to. The Spirit was given to Gentiles. The Spirit was given to black people. The Spirit was given to eunuchs. If you know your Bible, you know that in one case, Uh, All three of those were true of one person who received the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was given to pagans, to sinners, and to outcasts. God continually emptied, but never became empty. All of this is still true today. The triune God continues to create, to build, to make, and remake the triune God continues to be embodied in our world, to be physically present in the bodies that bear the Spirit. The triune God continues to be poured out over and into all flesh. And no matter what anyone says in Washington or Albany or Selma, at Stonewall, in Orlando, no matter what anyone in any city or any hall of government may say or do, Trinity tells us, if Trinity is true, then God is ever and always loving and blessing and filling all manner of people with eternal, emptying love. If Trinity is true, then God is being poured out and emptied into black lives. God is poured out and emptied into trans lives. God is poured out and emptied into disabled lives. All of those who society rejects are lifted up and welcomed home in the triune God. Celebrated and whole, despite the worst of what the world says. There's nothing that can ever stop God from emptying God's self into our world, because God is always emptying, but God is never empty.
1: God is always emptying, but God is never empty. And that's true, because Trinity is true. Let's pray.
0: Almighty God, we pray that we may somehow come to know you, to know your nature and your character a little bit better today than we did yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than we do today. We pray that this knowledge of your character and your nature Will change our view of the world. Will change the way we think about ourselves. Will change the way we think about our friends. Will change the way we think about our enemies and everyone in between. May we each receive the fullness
1: of the divine being in our lives,
0: in our world. May we let the same mindset be true that was true in Christ Jesus. May we always be willing to empty ourselves. And may we always find that we are still full, that we at least are never empty because you
1: are always emptying yourself and you are never empty. We pray all this in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
0: For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.